On the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Now, I think I have the right hotkey for this audio. If not, I'll apologize. If <laughs> find it. But here is, I believe, what Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt had to say after Ohio State called the second timeout with 38 seconds remaining. Nah, that's Kevin Harlan. All right, I apologize. That's Kevin Harlan on Lamar Jackson. She can. MVP Lamar Jackson? No. Yes? Yeah. Okay, well, you, you're going to join the legion of people who are going to have to retract all these stupid Lamar Jackson MVP things when he turns out to be Robert Griffin III, the second. What if, but he still can be the MVP. He he. Russell Wilson won the MVP Monday night. All right, let me try again here no. on Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson. Getting you all flustered right now. That's the new Open. And uh, we've debuted it on Wednesday. Now we're back on Friday. Uh, it made you laugh, so it must not be uh, too bad. You just don't no, like the I music. Just, I know. I just, uh, I, I like how you, I love it when you get flustered. It just makes my whole day. Yeah, well, <laughs> mission and accomplished. the fact that you have this burning hatred for Lamar Jackson, who this is clearly is. Oh, no, that's not true. I, I'm going to say it every time we open the show, because you're going to bring him up. He's the MVP. And what he's done for Baltimore, no other quarterback has been able to do what he's done this year. That's true. That's true. Unbelievable one year watching wonder. this guy. That's right. He is. He's fantastic. I didn't say he was a one-year wonder. Herman's Hermits. He's a one-year wonder. We'll see. Although they were around longer than he will be. Uh, Buckeyes and Penn State, Saturday in Ohio Stadium, a day away, noon kick. Ohio State's an 18-point favorite. You surprised? 18-point favorite. It's a little, Top 10 matchup. Yeah, it's a little large, I think. So Okay, so it's a little large. And it is large. I understand why you say that. Because, honestly, when I first saw it, I'm like, what? 18-point favorite. And then I was like, okay, tough guy. Would you take Penn State in the points? Uh-uh. Nope. Well, I think one reason is that Penn State's not intimidated by Ohio State because they know and they feel, and if I'm James Franklin, I'm preaching this message all week, right? We had them two years in a row. We let them get away. Two years in a row, we had them, and we let them get away. Yeah. And so I think. From that perspective, Penn State comes in with confidence that they can hang with Ohio State. And we'll see. I mean, usually Ohio State, I'm glad they're having this type of, uh, uh, at least on paper, this type of game. I think they need it to prepare themselves for Michigan the following week. And they need it to prepare themselves for the playoff, which we all expect them to go on. And oh, by the way, the Big Ten championship game, and maybe against uh, Bucky or Row Your Boat, Sky Yuma. Sky Yuma, Goldie the Gopher. Uh, they came up a little short at Iowa. Watch and, that game. They blew it. Yeah, they were. Uh, Drop passes everywhere. That yeah. quarterback is playing really well for them, man. It is fun to watch. Uh, Tanner Morgan, he got concussed at the end, and they had to take him out. Maybe they pull off the comeback. Maybe they don't. Well, here's the thing, too, in that game, and it made me so angry, and I thought about you when this happened, when he runs out onto the field. P.J. Fleck. And it negates what would have been a first down. Yes, I believe that is true, although I saw some people say, well, it was after the play, so it would have been Iowa's ball. I don't know about that. I think when you hit a guy on a – Hit a receiver in the head coming across the middle. I think that's going to be a first down. That's a personal foul. It's yeah. going to be a first down. And we, first of all, a kid should have caught the ball. But you know, guys, things happen. Guys make mistakes. No, it would have been a first down. It would have been a touchdown. Yeah, would have been a touchdown. It, and no, I thought what, it was a horrible call by the Big Ten officiating crew to instantly throw the flag on PJ Fleck really? for running on the field. I thought it was a horrible call. Really, uh, guys. A number one. Um, you. 
he's reacting. I always hate it when a coach gets penalized for a reaction like a where's the flag reaction, and there actually is a flag. Because, okay, he's either mad about the fact you didn't throw a flag, and you did, so he didn't see it, so no harm, no foul. All right, sorry, I didn't see that you threw the flag. Okay, good, just want to make sure you got it. Or he's running out there, as he contended afterward, to check on his player, neither of which, in my mind, deserves a penalty there. Neither of which deserves a penalty. I'm becoming a P.J. Fleck apologist. Oh, my gosh. I can't even believe what I'm hearing. I, I, I thought teams employed doctors and trainers and that stuff to check on players when they get hurt. Yeah, do, but... then, And uh, if he's not getting up, then we usually see a coach come yeah. if it's of major concern. Well, P.J. sees, that was a, too, PJ well, sees a camera opportunity. He's a little Teddy Valentine. Now you're just turning... I, I just turned you with one uh, statement. You know, you I just turned you with one I'm statement. I'm trying to explain my man's behavior is all. So anyway, Minnesota now has to beat Wisconsin next week because they have Northwestern uh, tomorrow. Yeah. They have to beat Wisconsin in the Paul Bunyan Axe game. game. I- at TCF Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. Very underrated rivalry. How do I know? I've done many of those games right. back in my axe, yeah. college football days. So it should be a good game. I'm going to predict that the Gophers get it done. Don't we yeah, want the I mean, Gophers to get it what, done? Dude. Do we want to see it's, it's, Jonathan Taylor muddle into the line for a yard 25 times in the Big Ten title game? Or do we want just a fresh face to pound on, which is what will happen uh, no matter who Ohio State plays in India? Here's what I've learned today. That there's no longer me questioning how P.J. Fleck gets it done because he has turned... Bruce Hooley, yeah, he has turned. That's you. his most impressive turnaround. <laughs> not Western Michigan, not Minnesota. He's turned me around to a PJ Fleck fan. PJ, what's your greatest career accomplishment? Well, I had this guy in Columbus he, who know, used to crush me for being the chesty little boatman. Now he's all on board. Get, I'll tell you, I've had a chance to meet with him and talk with him. He's really a good dude, man. And, okay, and, does but he, he believe it, or I, is he, it just no, all? I, an I'm act. going to tell you that he. Is all in on it. <laughs> I he, he's all in on it, you know. And and you almost have to be in. And yeah, I you know you can't you can't act that long, and Sky Yuma and Roll all that. But he believes it, and so good for him. And this play more importantly, is, and I don't care. I love any way you can get it done. You get it done, yeah. right? And yeah. one thing he's trying to emulate, I think, is a team like Wisconsin or a team like Iowa that. You know, he knows at Minnesota that they're not going to be a playoff contender every year if he's sitting there and he's under the hot lights and we're asking him honestly to describe the program. He wants to be uh, like an I or like a Wisconsin or like a Iowa. He understands yeah. that he can't be like a once Michigan storied program. There's a little dig right there before the game week once. or or Ohio State. Former powerhouse Michigan. Although Michigan is really impressive right now. I'm telling you. <laughs> Okay, we'll see. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow in Bloomington. All right. See you tomorrow in Bloomington, Shea Patterson. Try to turn it over fewer than three times. You got to admit he's playing a lot better. Playing a lot better. Maybe it took a while for the Josh Gaddis genius to uh, take hold. Maybe. Their defense is playing much, much better. It's going to need to play. It's going to be a great game. I can't (laughs) wait for that game. Much better than 62 points uh, that it allowed a year ago with, you know, better players than they have right now. No Winovich, no Devin Bush. Okay, uh, here, let me just say one, two more things about P.J. Fleck uh, in the good realm. The art of coaching is to get your team to believe. 
He clearly does that. Yes. And the other thing is, from a personal standpoint, uh, he had an extreme tragedy in his life that none of us would want. Lost a child. Mm -hmm. And so to be uh, able to be an outwardly positive person, and I'm sure he lives with that grief every single day and struggles against it and things remind him of it. But, you know, in all seriousness, uh, the man has overcome uh, things that I can't even fathom. Well, I think persevere through that. I think when you go through uh, a loss like that, you look for things to grasp onto in a philosophy to live by. And that's why I said when I met with him and you asked me, is it for real? It absolutely is for real. And he believes it. I just think still he made a mistake by running out on the field and possibly cost his team the football game. And I'll stay and stand by that. That doesn't think that I don't think he's a great coach. I think he's a tremendous coach. And the people buy into it. But he made a huge mistake by running out on that field last week. Uh, okay, you stick with that ridiculous take, and I'll stick with my Lamar Jackson ridiculous take. Okay. <laughs> he lost the game, dude. He took a, what would have been a first down. Yeah, that's true. There's time remaining. There's time remaining. They have time oh, to they're going back. in they to score. All right. They tied it, and then oh, they my, let Iowa is, go back in front. So. I, I, I gotta, it wasn't like the Brett Favre interception. In I'm the in NFC a bizarre world right now. Yeah, right. you are. Uh, here, let's get it back on track. Right. Let's remind you that your tailgate party Saturday will be the best in Ohio Stadium or its vicinity if you go with Stover Farms Custom Meats. Uh, certified Angus beef, ground beef. Yes, a special on hamburger for Spielman and Hooley listeners. So if you're not grilling Stover Farms Custom Meats on Saturday, well, you're not grilling the meat that raised Ohio's Mr. Football, Cade Stover. Buckeye defensive end. He was a linebacker at Lexington High School, Mr. Football, and I believe he was All-State in basketball, too. Kid's a super athlete. How did he grow up? Eating non-GMO, no-hormone protein. Certified Angus beef, and you can buy it at Stover Farms Custom Meats location, 4000 Presidential Parkway in Powell. They process a side of aged Angus beef every week. Steaks, burger, and that's the important thing for you to remember, a free a pound of hamburger with every pound you buy. Buy one, get one. It's Dover Farms, 15% off, but that's not in effect now. It's the free uh, hamburger uh, offer this week. Stover Farms Custom Meats. Look for them on the web, stoverfarmscustommeats.com. They are open today from 10 to 6.30, and they are open tomorrow morning, 9 to 4.30. So, you know, you want to get there and tailgate, get your burger today. And they have pork and poultry and all kinds of stuff there, and it's all non-GMO and no hormone. Okay, so... You know I've been on this quest all season, Mr. Spielman, to crack the code and to get an honest answer on how the Ohio State defense, with the same guys playing, is giving up a third as many points and about 80% fewer yards than a year ago. And I think I finally have my answer. Now, it's not the answer that I uh, thought I'd get. I thought I'd get like this sexy, you know, ah, angel Mm -hmm. singing answer. But it's an answer that makes sense to me, and it comes from Ohio State co-defensive coordinator Jeff Halfley, who um, I am going to have to fight my man crush for Jeff Halfley. I think this guy is Once a you're superstar. In, you're in. You're I think in. he's a superstar, and I think some school uh, would come along and steal him and get a fantastic coach for the next he's going to get some interviews 25 or 30 years. And don't take the Rutgers job, Jeff Halfley, because you can do no. a lot better than that. So uh, here was my question and answer from Jeff Halfley on how in the world they have done this and listen to what he says, and then uh, we'll have a follow-up question. So you've given up essentially a third as many points and about, I mean, your yardage is a decrease of 80%. It 
people ask you to explain how because it's the same guy. It's not like you have impact freshmen. Well, again, I, I, I watched the personnel last year, but I don't, I don't want to draw any comparisons to that. So how have we done it this year? I think, one, we've got the guys to buy in. I think our staff has done a really, really good job teaching the scheme, but more importantly than anything else there is in football, guys, is fundamentals and technique. And I say that because I think that's lost today in football. And I've said this before, people get, I'm going to draw this blitz up and this coverage up, and I'm going to do this, this, and this. And we can all do that. But at the end of the day, what can you really execute? And if you have to spend all your time doing all of that, then how do you teach getting off of blocks? How do you teach leverage? How do you teach the proper steps? How do you teach tackling? How do you teach all the little things that are so much more important than scheme? So that's what we've done. And people might look at us on tape and say, yeah, they don't, they don't do too much. But we do. But... I believe that we play with great fundamentals, and I would say right now we're one of the best tackling teams in football. And that was more important to us than any, wow, that's a great blitz, or wow, that coverage is so exotic. That's, to us, that, that was not the important thing. So I think we put our priorities in the right place with really good talent that was recruited here, and the players that bought in and worked, and I think that is why we are where we are right now. Okay, what do you think of that answer? It's not sexy. It's not, yeah, they were playing the wrong scheme, and so we got them in the right scheme, and they're fine. They were he playing talked, the wrong scheme. They were, but he talked about technique, fundamentals, and then people go, oh, I'm asleep. Okay, tech. But then he fleshed it out with a bunch of different things. Leverage, how to get off blocks, mm-hmm. taking the right step. When he talks about secondary play with Jeff Okuda, uh, you can just tell that Jeff Okuda is, like, sitting there in a meeting going, wow, this dude, like, he's got all these little tools. And that's really how I, I'm, I'm, I'm engaged in a, in a thing right now where it's a leadership seminar and you learn tools to deal with challenges in life. And what the commonality is that they have taught these guys, they have uh, instructed these guys, they've equipped these guys, they've empowered these guys to let their talent out on the field. That makes sense to me. So what's helped Jeff in spending time in the NFL because that's a place where fundamentals are at a premium. You hear coaches every week. I do. I have the good fortune of hearing coaches every week and players talk about technique and fundamentals and pad level and using your hands or sustaining blocks. How do I sustain blocks? How do I turn a corner? How do I turn an edge? He also had a good uh, fortune of working with one of the best uh, technicians in the game because he's limited physically is Richard Sherman. But Richard Sherman's still a very effective corner as he gets older because he talks about where I line up. Where where can I eliminate by, uh, Richard will say, I can eliminate certain routes by certain positions the wide receivers are in. So all this knowledge that he's gathered through his own experience and through others' experience and he brings it to the collegiate level, and the guys buy in. He's exactly right. That's where you're going to see great improvement, and especially at certain positions. Like at corner, you better have good technique or you're going to be beat. And the sign of a great coach is this, and I love what he said about tackling, and I'll agree with him. There's not been a lot of missed tackles, and how many missed tackles a year ago? did we see wow. last year? And I don't know what they're teaching. I don't buy that BS rugby tackling stuff because I don't think there's a difference. Uh I just think wrap up and bring your feet and don't go to your knees on contact is good tackling, and, and that's what I'm seeing. But the the best thing about a coach is what you want, and you're able to get your player to do exactly what you want. And there's been a huge scheme change. And 
he's he's protecting he's, he's, previous he's, he's, guys. Yeah, he's he is because I've had some interesting conversations in the past two weeks. There's been a huge scheme change, and this defense is more sound. And you're not asking guys to do what is impossible to do in certain schemes. And I'll leave it at that. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's doing a good job of not throwing anybody under the bus. But I also think he's exactly right that the football game, when you have great players that are also great technicians, here's the result. You have the number one defense in all the lands. Yeah, sure looks like it. Lowest scoring defense, lowest total defense. No, all the important yeah, stats. They're yeah. phenomenal. They absolutely are. So he also talked about getting the players to buy in. And that's obviously important. Uh, any sport I've ever played, if you don't have confidence, you really put yourself behind the eight ball. But you know Mike, how you what? get players to buy in? How does he get players to buy in? How do you think? I think. What's his number one I Bullet think, in the gun. Oh, can't say that. What's his number you're, one? You're already well, here. I can't say you're that. You're here. You wouldn't be here uh, unless. Think about it, man. Think about what Ohio State, what Urban did such a good job oh, you, of promoting. If you buy into my, we're going to get to the NFL. That's yeah. that's his credibility. Yeah. Soon as he walks into the room, yeah. I know what it takes to be an NFL defensive back. Yeah. So whatever you did, stop doing. Right. And listen to me, listen to me if I'll you want to play in the NFL. That's his that's that's his in. Yeah. Then when you then when it's verified by the success that these guys are having, then you get great play and you the results are you get uh Akuda and Arnett. And who Wade. both are going to be and in, Wade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these guys. Yeah. And the linebackers. I think the linebackers are playing better because the linebackers are being put in positions. And alignments to play better. Yeah. No and doubt. of course it doesn't it doesn't hurt when you got your ten deep on your defensive line. That's that's, <laughs> I mean, not, that's not wrong. That's so really not you wrong. You take all those things. A very good coach in Jeff Halfley, right? He's proven it this year. Yep. A very good scheme, one that I prefer, that I like, that I would run. Good technicians uh at the back end and up front, by the way. Watch uh Chase Young and and he you know he's just not beating everybody with athletic ability. He turns his shoulders, he turns the edge, he gets the outside arm of the offensive lineman down so he can make a shorter corner. Robert Landers, who's relentless on an inside pass rush, if he gets double team, it doesn't matter. He splits a double team and he keeps coming and coming and coming. Devon you, Hamilton too. You, you get all that. You combine that with competition to get on the field. But his number one trump card. Or at least how to get the guys to buy in initially. All right, here's another coach. He's going to tell me to do this, do that. Hey, I've coached the best. I've watched the best work. Here's what they do. You want to be like the best? You'll do this. That's all. That's it. So I asked him about getting guys to buy in, aside from the fact that he's been in the NFL. So much of it is the players have to believe. They have to have confidence. And so I said, well, if they're getting gashed last year, how do you get them to be confident players this year? Improvement in sports is related somewhat to confidence. How oh, much, no doubt. How much of the buy-in first had to be you getting them to believe they were better than the performance a year ago? That's huge. I mean, that's everything. And you see it day by day. If a guy plays well the way he comes out and practices the next day, he practices better. In life, anything is confidence. I mean, you make a great point. So when I say that, the guys bought in. They did. They bought into what we were teaching and what they had to do. But I also think they developed a confidence in themselves. 
And I think if you watch us, or at least I hope if you guys watch us, you see a confident group because you have to play this game confident. Whether you're a DB turning and looking for the ball or you're a defensive end lining up against the tackle, that's everything, which is why I give the credit to the players. Boy, this this love fest between you and Halfley, oh my gosh, I'm about ready to throw up in my mouth. Yeah. I mean, it's you're just, not as sold as I am, I guess. No, 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 I I am sold on okay. him. No, it's what a great question. Wow. Oh well, I mean, I mean, between you and him, it's just unbelievable. This, <laughs> I I tell you, I this whole week has been bizarre world for me. Yeah. You know what I mean, first BJ Fleck. There's a there's, now somebody complimenting my question. There's a love fest with you and Ohio State football going on. It's unknown to mankind. Well, what's not to love? I mean, they're <laughs> pretty amazingly successful. At this if point. only we did this in radio, we might might, 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 might still we, have a we, gig. We might still have. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just unbelievable. Com- he's right about the confidence. That's the that's the thing I notice how, how coaches coach nowadays, Bruce. And back in the day, you know, I even go back to my dad. You know, and my dad was great about things I did well and things I didn't do well. And I think he was ahead of his time a little bit. But players and coaches in the NFL, you think because you get the NFL, you're this great confident guy. When a guy loses confidence in the NFL, man. That is, he's his career is almost done, or yep. his playing time is dropped because yep. he just doesn't trust himself. Almost seeing that it feels like with Philip Rivers. Yeah, you know, it's just with Trubisky. I'm going to Chicago. Yeah, uh, I'm being in Chicago on Sunday, and that's the biggest thing. I had a conversation last time I did a Chicago game with Matt Nagy, and it's just, you know, it's not only the confidence in yourself, but it's confidence in the guys around you, mm-hmm. right? And then so, they have to believe in you. And then the confidence the in the scheme, then confidence in the offense and confidence in the head coach. And don't worry if we screw it up here because you will get humbled. Football is a humbling game. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I always believe, you know, as much as physical toughness to play the game of football at such a high level like at Ohio State or like in the NFL, you better be mentally tough. And you better be able to respond to getting your end beat. And, and how you're going to come back. And you always fall back on, like, the original comment was technique and fundamentals, and this has worked in the past, and it'll work it again. And I keep going back. It works for, if I'm a corner, it works for Richard Sherman. So if I can master that, it'll work for me. So all that stuff. And uh, I, I am just uh, impressed with a guy like you are, and I clearly don't want to be uh, an unwelcome guest to your two's love fest party that you have going on. But, man. Now you're promoting we'll, them for every head coaching job we'll in the real a, world. We'll have a conversation about whether to let you in the meetings <laughs> or not. <laughs> uh, we'll let you into our email inbox. Email Spielman and Spielman Hooley podcast at gmail.com. Spielman Hooley podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like our newsletter, uh, which gives you Chris's NFL schedule, some cool links for our show prep, uh, a written faith corner, and some other things, uh, special deals uh, from our sponsors. Let us know. Email us and say, hey, I want the newsletter. We get it every week. Uh, the uh, email address, SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. Go to iTunes and review us. They recycle the reviews every 48 hours, so we need fresh reviews every week. We appreciate all the kind reviews that you've given us so far. Okay, uh, Browns have won two in a row. They play the Dolphins Sunday. Uh, I'll ask a question I already know the answer to. Uh, people are team, uh, terming this a gimme win for the Browns because the Dolphins are bad. Uh, Tell the people why there's no gimme win in the National Football yeah, it's League. It's unbelievable to me. They're the best in the world. 
at what they do. And the Dolphins are competitive. And everybody that was saying that the Dolphins were packing in or quitting, or uh, they're not. I mean, they're a con- NFL guys have ego and pride. Nobody wants to be embarrassed on Sunday afternoons. And I, I guarantee you that the Dolphins are looking at this game like, oh, man, we got the Browns. They're in disarray. Here's one right? we can get. Well, and the other thing you look at it, too, is, well, if, I, if I'm Coach Flores of the Miami Dolphins, I'm starting my meeting. Okay, we got this. We got Baker. We got Ar- Jarvis and OBJ. And I'm looking to give my team an edge. I'm going to say, look at this team. They're so undisciplined. Everything that happens with this team is a result of them serving themselves above team. So a team like that, even though they're they're they really can be talented and can be explosive, they just serve themselves. An example, Jarvis Landry saying, I will get another on sportsmanlike conduct yeah. penalty because it's who I am. Or visors and shoegate. I'll do this because it's who I am, or I don't like what a reporter said about me, so I'm going to get in a tweet fight, or I'm going to threaten somebody's life, on, or I'm going to, because I felt disrespected, I'm going to take my helmet off and beat somebody with it over the skull. I mean, this is that team. And so that's why the Browns, I don't know what you're going to get. I know one thing, and you were absolutely 100% correct on this is a guy that I've come to love and admire and think he's a tremendous player and he's only going to get better with the addition of Kareem Hunt is Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a team. And regardless of all the one, two, three, me stuff going on with the Cleveland Browns, the offensive line, we pointed out in the preseason, was an issue. Yeah, Joe Thomas, the former offensive lineman, disagreed with me on that. It's still an issue was watching with his heart not his uh, yeah. not his eyes. Well, as the the more he's removed from the game, uh I think the more he'll look at it from a a um, brain side of things instead of a heart side of things. All right, Cincinnati Bengals are off. They'll have the Steelers next week. Are they still playing down there? They are still playing. Uh Ryan Finley is uh not going to spare them the need for a quarterback S- in the draft. Speaking of offensive line, no. I mean, yeah. you know, he's got no AJ Green. He's got no Auden Tate. Right. I'm not making excuses, but he's got no offensive line. I don't know if you can get a fair evaluation on Ryan well, Can you Finley. picture the Bengals saying, no, no, we're fine in no, the quarterback no, position? No, 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 because Andy Dalton's <laughs> out of there, right? Yeah, Andy so, Dalton's going to be out of there. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, okay. if I'm the Bengals, I'm automatically quarterback. And, and so I, bearing, I, yeah. I was on record saying I'd take Tua over Joe. I'm not that's, saying that anymore. That's because, my question. What do you do? Because Tua, let's say Tua's in the draft, which I don't think is a certainty now. He had surgery. They say he's going to make a complete recovery, but he will not be able to do anything, anything, until after the National Football League draft. So I don't think it's a lead pipe cinch that he's coming back or that he's going to the draft. I, don't I, think also, so I also don't think it's a lead pipe cinch that he's coming back to Alabama. He may take the year off, rehab and all that. Um, but again, I have said all along the injury I thought with the ankle injury if that kept him out of the playoff that he might return for his senior year to go through a year injury free that's going to be important to the NFL but let's say two is available in the draft Justin I, Justin Herbert's going to be in the draft and Joe Burrow is going to be in the draft and Chase Young let's be honest is going to be in the draft what should the Bengals do you're enamored you're as enamored with Tua as anybody 
Yeah. But you won't know. I don't know. About That's, the hip. You'll have the medicals, but you won't see it. Right. And the other thing that I do have is also a little bit of injury history with Tua. Tungo Viola, I guess, is how it's pronounced. I keep hearing different pronunciations, so I finally looked it up in the Alabama website. Tungo Viola. Tungo Viola. Tungo Viola. Tungo Viola. Tungo Viola. <laughs> Here's my thing. Uh, if he was healthy, I, there's no question he would be my guy. I just look at that history now, and it's almost like the, a script or play writing itself for Joe Burrow to come back to Ohio and be the quarterback of the Bengals, isn't it? Don't you get that feeling at all? What you're you're gritting your teeth like you, you just ate bad food. Yeah. Do you? You don't like Joe? I do. He feels like you're going to let Andy Dalton let go. So you can draft Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. That's what it feels like to me. So he's not. I think he, Joe wow. Burrow's been phenomenal at LSU. He's been amazing. But do I watch him and do my eyes say, "Wow"? I agree with you. No, I agree they don't. My eyes don't say "Wow." My eyes say that kid can play in the National Football League, and he can be a starter on a National Football League team. Where if you have everything else right. He can win, but I don't know if he can transform my Tua? team. What about Tua? Yeah, healthy. Tua, Tua can do. So that. you're but on. I, a, I really got to protect Tua though, because I Tua's height concerns me too. He's got double concern: injury uh, and height. The height thing doesn't bother now, he plays me. Because that, now here's the thing: he plays behind big offensive linemen at Bama, and he does not get passes batted down. Yeah. Well, so maybe that's not a concern. Every quarterback at that level. And they reach a certain level, Bruce, at least in my experience. And I don't even – we never even bring it up in, in broadcasts anymore about a guy's lack of height because of their ability to change arm angles and, yeah. and throw the ball. And, and they've seen the game for from their height for so long that there's nothing changes. Now, I – the guy who has everything is Justin Herbert. I haven't watched him enough. I can't make an evaluation Great yet. Great arm – Six six, but pretty good athlete too. Isn't really it? good athlete. Um, it's going to be a very intriguing evaluation on the quarterbacks. Everybody now is all Joe Burrow, and you know how this process works. I'm, Whoever they're all about, they become less about as the draft approaches. I'm more. Do you good. think? Do you think people? Do you think Joe Burrow will be a guy? That the more people look at him through the prism the NFL looks at a guy. Because yeah. right now we're looking at him through the prism of he's transformed LSU and they're number one and he's going to win the Heisman. The glass we're looking through Joe Burrow at right now is a complimentary glass. The glass the NFL looks through is a glass that's that's designed to find fault with you. So Do you think he'll be a guy who will fall I, as I, he get closer to the I, I think, like, if I had the number one pick, I don't know if I would take Joe Burrow number one. I would not. Now, if I had, if I'm sitting at 24 and above. Oh, my goodness. Well, then, I'd take him before that. Yeah. But if I, number one pick, um, I think they'll see some physical limitations with Joe. I really do. But I think those physical limitations will get trumped by he's a winner, he's tough as nails, and he's clutch. 
I think his intangibles are off the chart. That's the point. His leadership, determination, work ethic, all the things you want. You'll never have to worry about this kid being a hard worker or leading guys or or taking the responsibility. Here's something that doesn't get uh, talked about a lot, right? When Joe Burrow was getting ready to transfer, I thought it would have been a great coup for Luke Fickle to get Joe Burrow at Cincinnati. Oh, my, yes. Right? Joe Burrow... Went to LSU, right? Went to LSU now, which arguably is one of the greatest venues and most pressure cooked venues for a college quarterback to play in. You you could say that about LSU, yes, sir. Right? Yep. And he never backed down from that challenge. He went there, embraced the competition, won the competition, and yes, I don't think it's an understatement to say that he has transformed that program and probably. Earned Ed Orgeron another five-year coaching contract or whatever it is because of Joe Burrow. That's so, absolutely true. I yeah. went all to Joe Burrow. Yeah, and so I, I think, yeah, yeah. Go Tigers. Go to go Tigers. Yeah. Um. So I think now I'm talking myself in. This is not. Now I feel like a GM. Well, boy, you know, there's some flaws in his physical game, and sometimes the ball wobbles a little bit, or this or that. But the intangibles are off the charts, and that, that I might be now. I'm talking myself into them with on the Bengals. But don't you think <sighs> that I'm not? That's why that position. I'm is not just brutal. I'm not coming from crazy town when I say they're going to let Andy Dalton go and they're going to draft Andy Dalton. I agree. You're not. I agree. I now, I, but I mean. I can see why that position is so hard to evaluate, isn't yeah, it? it? Is, it's man. it's just it is. It's unbelievable how difficult that position is. Because there's somebody out there now who's going to be in the draft at that position that we're not talking about that is maybe at Memphis or Southwest Louisiana. Yeah. There's somebody out there who you're gonna get a bargain on. Well, I mean that's just think about it though. All, all the folks that were all excited about Garner Minshew, right? Yeah, Russell Wilson, third round. No, no, I, no, no, yeah. I'm, no. I'm not. I'm, I'm talking about yeah. like, well, you can get a guy in the later rounds. Gardner Minshew. Well, how that 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 star is the, the whole mustache thing. And yeah. now you know Nick Foles is back. See you right. later. Or Kyle Allen. Yeah, the guy at Carolina who just got shut out. I mean that the position is so difficult to get, and you know, and just think of the the issues and troubles that Dwayne Haskins is having down at Washington. Now that's not all Dwayne Haskins' fault because that's a whole. Uh, crap show that's going a, on down there. A, did you circus see, town. Did you see him on the sidelines talking yeah. to his offensive yeah, linemen saying, what can I do to help you? And I felt bad for Dwayne Haskins because those offensive linemen look like they don't care at all. I don't mean they look like they don't like Dwayne Haskins. No. They look like they don't care. Well, uh, they do. I, again, I talk about, I mean, I, I think, you know, it's not like they're not trying because guys don't want to be embarrassed on film. I mean, they're prideful guys. It's just... The whole situation is, is almost impossible for a young quarterback mm. to be successful. And when your best wide receiver is your teammate that wasn't a starter at Ohio State named Terry McLaurin, that's a, that's a, a personnel issue. And Terry is, could make an argument for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, sure but could. But you don't want that guy to be your number one. You're not going into that thinking your guy's number one. Except they're, Josh they're, Jackson's going to get they're just, Offensive Rookie of the Year. They're right? just off Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs, yeah. yeah. I think so. He's unbelievable. He was unbelievable at Alabama. Yeah. But sometimes he didn't that start either at Alabama. No, he by didn't. Way. No, sometimes that doesn't translate. 
to the National Football League. Review of the day and vocabulary of the day comes from Jason, who says, I've been a fan of Bruce Hooley's sardonic delivery. I don't know what that means. I don't either. Since his days at 1460 AM. What is he? In the mid 80 years old? Yeah, I don't know. In the mid-aughts, which I guess is afternoons, Hooley has a journalist's eye and ear for the five W's of reporting. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. There's four W's, I think. (laughs) Couple that with Spielman's adroit insights makes this podcast a winner. You know what sardonic means? Do you want to know? I'm really snarky. Well, close. Grimly mocking or cynical. You nailed me. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Jason C. Manley. Who, there you who go, wrote Jason. that, Jason? Jason C. Manley. That's well, impressive. Well done, Jason. Well, I'll tell you yeah, what. What's adroit mean? That's you. You're what, adroit. What, how do you spell it? I'm sardonic. A-D-R-O-I-T. A-D-R-O-I-T. Yeah. So the mid-aughts. Clever or skillful in use, using the hands... Or mind, he was adroit at tax avoidance. That was uh, there you go. not me. That no, was you were <laughs> you were adroit at tackling. That's what yeah. you were. Doing. Yeah, that's uh, sardonic. Sardonic. There you go. Oh, I'm I'm going to be sardonic in my uh, broadcast. Don't be sardonic. <laughs> People don't yeah. want you to be sardonic. He just told us on Wednesday you're going to be positive. So I, I I put a big note on my charts. And by the way, I thought that was instructive advice. Very people, good. That's people, right. You got people yeah. who care about you at Fox when they're telling you things that, and kudos to you for not taking it personal. And uh, well, no, I mean, being players, we don't take things no. personal. Um, if you, a lot of times I've learned, and I don't know what it's like in corporate world, and I know people listen to our podcast that are in corporate world. I wonder if how it how like civilians, non-athletes take advice at workplace well that gives us a good transition into faith corner i think okay but uh, let me thank west jeff plumbing and heating for sponsoring the faith portion of the podcast west jeff plumbing and heating will service uh, your furnace or take care of any plumbing need that you have in central ohio anywhere they go all over yes you're in gehanna they'll come all the way over there because hey they're uh, very successful a great American success story, West Jeff Plumbing and Heating, started by a dear friend of mine in 1975 with one truck and a phone line in his house. And uh, they just do good work for people at a fair price. They show up on time, which differentiates them from 95% of the people in their industry. West Jefferson Plumbing and Heating, 614-879-9606. You'll get Lennox high-efficiency products from West Jefferson Plumbing and Heating. They'll install them. They'll service them. They'll service any make, any model. West Jeff Plumbing and Heating, specialists in geothermal heating, heat pumps, any kind of heating. Get your furnace checked now. Make sure it functions at peak efficiency. This winter, West Jefferson Plumbing and Heating on the web, westjeffersonplumbingandheating.com, 614-879-9606. How we take correction is a big part of our faith. You were were talking about how people in the corporate world handle correction. And a big part of serving God is, is uh, being quiet before him, listening to him, reading your Bible, praying, making yourself available to um, hear, and I use that in kind of air quotes because he doesn't speak audibly, at least to me, but to feel, to communicate with him through his spirit and to take that correction and to take it in the spirit as intended because he's not a God who wants to crush you. He's a God who wants to mold you, shape you, guide you, direct you. And I was thinking about the Holy Spirit the other day and a Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's impact in your life is a lot like a coach's impact on a player. Sometimes you have to ex- uh, 
accept admonishment and direction and affirmation and all those things a good coach does is a lot the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. Would you agree with that characterization? Uh, yeah, because I just experienced and I shared a story on Wednesday about being convicted, about getting ticked off that homeless people are not taking the food that I was giving them. Then say, well, hold on a second, mm-hmm. you know. Look at what they're going through or what, what their situation is. And this was just my experience. Um, I think the other thing is there's the verse in Proverbs, right? Pride comes before the fall. Mm-hmm. And in order to grow, I think it's important that we are challenged. And over the years, and it comes with age and maturity also, and I've noticed this with my children, and I'm sure hopefully you're noticing it with your children. If not, they're starting to come of the age where, they don't fight you on everything or every suggestion that you try to make. Yeah. And the best way sure. that, that I've learned to communicate with my children, especially as they got older, is this way. And it, and, and it's all sincere, and, and I mean it. And I suggest that people, if you have trouble communicating with your child or getting them to look at your point of view, I suggest this. I would say... You need to do this or I'm going to punish you till you, you know, mm-hmm. are in pain and agony and you're going to come whimpering and you submit to my rule of an authority of the law that I set in this house. I don't even know where that came from. but some <laughs> Things we want to say or have that don't work. <laughs> but I think, especially when they get older and, and um, say, look, um, think, I want you to think about it this way. I want you to think about... Um, through my experience, think about how I want you to respond or did you try to respond this way? And just like I was, um, a guy at Fox called me and said, look, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm suggesting and advising the direction you should go when you use the term man beater. Don't use it anymore because we're not living in 1990s anymore. It's 2019 and some people could be offended. You could be offended that I'm telling you this, and I was a little bit right away. I was like, "What?" And he's and but he said, "I'm doing this for your own good." And I went back and thought about it, and I said, "You're exactly right. I can't use that term. Um, it's I don't mean it in a derogatory way. I mean it purely in football that it's how to beat man coverage by running picks. But regardless, he was looking out for my my back, and so you have to trust that that." God and the Holy Spirit are looking out for you. And so when you feel that nudge of conscience or you feel that uh, little feeling of "Mm, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, that's God coaching you and offering you advice. And I believe that, you know, God's never going to make you do anything. No, you got free will. Because if he starts making us do things, then the loss of the personal relationship that separates Christianity from all other relations or all the religions, excuse me, is gone. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, I agree with you. The Holy Spirit is a coach. God is a coach. The, the Bible is the playbook, all that stuff that we hear all the time. Prayer is your conversation with your coach and what you want and how you see things. You know, years ago when you and I first got to know each other at 1460, as uh, Jason was referring to in his review, you used to do mornings, I think, 6 to 9 with Eric Red Dog Kalen. And you were traveling with ESPN. I think you were out on Thursday and Friday back in your Microtel 
Hotel, Champaign, Illinois days. Loved it. And I made a comment on the air one time because I was subbed for you. That was my thing as I'd come in and I'd sub for you. I was at the plane dealer then. And I made a comment one day, you know, something that was a cheap shot at somebody. No, you? Yeah, sardonic. <laughs> and and you Eric, that word now, and Eric said to me during the break, he goes, hey, don't do that. And I was like, ah, what's don't be so sensitive. And he goes, hey, Bruce, help me help you. Help me help you. Yeah. And as I think about your friend at Fox who called you on that, help me help you. Holy Spirit, yeah. help me help you. Bruce, help me help you. You know, meet me halfway here. I'm giving you a little prompting. May not want to say that. May not want to do that. Right. May not want to act that way. May, <laughs> not want to, may want to amend your attitude here. And help me help you. That's what a relationship with God is well, like. I'm here's the thing too. After being with you for how many years? It's almost been twenty years. How, what, what, yeah, fourteen. Feels what, like twenty to you. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> it really is. But it, but just think. Uh, I mean, I look at it, and that's why I, in the beginning of this conversation, I said a lot of things comes with age and maturity. But just think how open you are now. To when you were then, myself included, right? Myself yeah, included, yeah, but we both changed a lot. Yeah, yeah. And but now, like I, I used to be, like, yeah, you know, I don't want to take Bruce away, or I don't want him to get mad at me. But now, if I say, "Hey, Bruce, you might want to think about it like this," you actually listen. Then you make your decision. You might say, "Oh, I was right," yeah. or you know, and it just doesn't have to be. And I know that you say those things because you genuinely care about me. Well, yeah, I'm trying I, to help me I, help you. Well, I'm, I genuinely care, yeah. but I, I just what what I've tried to do, and because we live in such a, a polarized society now, what I try to do, and I've, I think I've done a good job, is look at things objectively, and then and make decisions on, on on facts and listen to everybody then make my own decisions based on the standard that I set for myself and you can't do that if you're constantly shutting everybody out yeah. or not willing to be corrected or in my case actual conviction when I was walking through the streets of San Francisco yeah so um this is the best part to me and I think to you too of our podcast and sets us apart from other people and we're trying to just well, help. You know. We're trying to just be identifiable to guys who uh, are like us, who yeah. want to do better at the thing that matters the most. And yet, you know, we like talking about sports and we like doing, you know, a lot of guy things, but I think ultimately the, we want yeah. our priorities to be right and we want to try to get, we want to strive to get I think better. Once football's over, I'd like to expand this section a little bit. Maybe yeah. is that a topic for you and I to have a, uh, we tackle life executive meeting. I assume that's what we would be doing. <laughs> we might as well have we would, the, let's have I, the executive uh, meeting you know, over either, the air. It's either going to be that or we're going to break down the blue jackets power play. So <laughs> I think I'd go with your, yet, yet, your idea. Yet. Now, Where's okay? yet now? Uh, yet is not owned by us. He's not in. So. The, he's not in, in yet. Uh, where is he now? Oh, yeah. He's in Florida. Oh, yeah, he's in Florida. He's okay. sunning himself down there, getting ready to collapse in the playoffs. Who's our Who's our goalie? <laughs> uh, our goalie is the immortal Corpy. Oh, Eunice Corpusallo. Is he yet? Yet pucks in yet uh, playoffs. Yet that's <laughs> where we're headed. Everybody have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy the game. 
are you going to be able to join uh, Friday after Penn State? Like right after the Saturday post-game podcast? Saturday, yeah. What do you think? Very possible. Okay, very possible. I, I am waiting to hear. Southwest Airlines. <laughs> no, no. Saturday, I'm just waiting. <laughs> I, I, I don't get the schedule of when I'm talking to Coach Shermer, who's always a delight, especially oh, when, oh, when they're. When, oh, Pat Shermer, did you say? <laughs> when they're 2-8. You and eight. Details, you're going to have to find it on Twitter. There's yeah. my guy. So, yeah, I'll my let guy. You, so check your Twitter, and I'll give you the details <laughs> of whether I could join you or not. There's my guy, Pat Shermer. All right, everybody have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us. Uh, please subscribe on iTunes, Google, and Where else?